Hi, this is Darren Moon. And I'm Joe Whitmer. Welcome to the Thriver Podcast. This is an ongoing conversation about life, health, and community, and we're glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Thriver Podcast. It is May. Uh, Joe is here, and welcome, Stacy. Uh, we are doing this, obviously, a little differently than we have traditionally. Welcome to the times of social distancing. So really excited about it. Um, this month is Courage Month, Heroes Month, um, uh, especially in the world of CrossFit and things like that. Um, we do a lot of things kind of representing um, being taking having courage and being with kind of uh, supporting those heroes and remembering those heroes. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this. How about you, Joe? Yeah, no, this is going to be a great, a great, great month to uh, talk through these things. I know we're doing hero workouts each week and uh, have those programmed in. I think, is there one today? There's one tomorrow. There's tomorrow one. on Saturday. Saturday yeah. is where our first hero workout and we're having a fireman. Actually, Ryan's bringing a second fireman with him and he's going to do it from the gym. So there's going to be two firemen. So um, yeah, so do you want to so introduce Stacy a little bit? I love it. So this is Stacy Atkinson, right? It's good to mm-hmm. see you. So I'm they glad say. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. Well, why don't actually why don't you take a minute here and uh, share a little bit about your background for us? Like, where did you grow up? What's your heritage? Mm-hmm. What's your story? What's your family? Give us the Reader's Digest version of Stacy. So, like the <laughs> elevator speech. So I'm Stacy Atkinson. My maiden name is Valentine, with an accent over the I. My parents, and I'm the middle of two sisters. Um, my mom is crazy. She had a uh, daughter. And then 10 years later came me in the middle. And then 10 wow. years after that came my little sister. So we all have grown up in different generations. Um, it's super fun, except uh, sometimes my older sister is like a mom and I'm a mom to my little sister, especially now in the time of stay in New York where my little sister is and don't do anything crazy. Do not go outside. So yeah. I grew up in New York City. My I still have family members that live there. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, the one that you see all over TV um, where all bad things happen. That's where I grew up. Um, really busy. My husband is from Indiana. He's from Pendleton, Indiana. And we relocated here about five years ago um, from the time that we were both in the Marine Corps, met and married in the Marines, and we're stationed in Beaufort, South Carolina, where the weather is beautiful. And somehow I let him convince me to come up to the snow. So we live here in Westfield, Indiana right now. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. Stacy and I were getting coffee one day after um, a, a class, and yeah. um, we started talking through her story. And I knew, obviously, that the hero stuff was coming up. And just with a, a more than just the fact that obviously you are a marine, and so that's mm-hmm. huge for a big thing of what we're talking about. But there's a lot of aspects um, to you know your heritage and just um, also your occupation and things like that. Um, being a woman and all those things, which, um, I think you've just, you know, it's impressive. Um, you've just done so well, you know what I mean? You, I think it's your story's awesome. So it's just like, you, you need to be the person that we interview for this podcast. I appreciate like, that. Yeah. Um, and two, if you can, I think, get a little bit closer to your okay. mic, I think it's, How's that? that sounds a little bit better. I okay. saw Lydia come through with a text. So, um, so I wanted to kind of dive into the military side of things mm-hmm. first, you know, and see, you know, what, what prompted you to enlist um, and things like that. So, so I lived through nine 11. I was a senior in high school when nine 11 happened and it wasn't some random idea. I have my older sister that I told you about was in the army, had a very successful career in the army. And I remember being like nine years old and watching her graduate at Fort Jackson. And the sign that I had, I was nine, by the way, the sign that I had was I'm woman, hear me roar. And I think everything feminist came out of me at that point, And I was like, 
I want to do that. So in the spirit of having to one up your sister, I was like, I'm not joining the army. They say the hardest branch is the Marines. So that's where I'm going. So I uh, enlisted in a mall basement where all the recruiters were army, Navy, uh, Marines, Air Force. They were all sort of in cubes together. And, you know, they see a woman come in and they're like, I'm getting her, I'm getting her, I'm getting her. And I went right to the Marine and dressed blue. And I was like, listen, I'm 20 years old. I know the deal. I don't, can you pay for me to go to college? Um, I successfully flunked out of two colleges in New York. My parents paid a boatload of money for me to go to a private institution, uh, St. Joseph's College in Patchogue, New York. I'm talking to the tune 15 years ago to $42,000 was my tuition. And I, yeah, had like a 1.2 GPA. And my parents are like, this is not going to work you have to come back home. So I did come home, got a full-time job, went to community college at night, and that didn't work either. It was too long of a day, too long of a commute in New York City. So I joined the Marines and they paid for uh, my bachelor's degree, my first master's, and a big chunk of my doctorate degree. So I'm thankful. I think my passion for community college started when I was a community college student, and I know all of the things that make it really difficult. So I work for Ivy Tech right now. Um, I'm the chancellor of a campus, uh, the yeah. Richmond campus, which is one of 18 campuses. Um, it's a newer role. It's about nine nine months new. And it's really hard, especially right now, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, just speaking for myself, I tell you what, I, I can't imagine the other people listening to and watching to the, the this, this podcast. It's been such a blessing for me to get to know people in the gym and hear their story. I mean, I would walk by you on a regular basis in the <laughs> gym and I would never know these backgrounds. And so for me, it's just exciting to hear your story and for you to be able to share that with the rest of our gym, because what it does is it allows them to feel like they have an even deeper connection with you. Yeah. And I so thank you. That. Thank you so much for serving our country and just overcoming some of those things that you've come overcome in your past and uh, doing amazing things now to help other people learn. That's just mm-hmm. a sweet little tidbit of information to know about yeah. Stacy. So when I get to see you again and uh, Wait, see you, you mean when you get to day. hear me? Most yeah. people there you hear go. me before they <laughs> see me. <laughs> that always happens first. Right? Right? Hear you before first. you see Stacy. Yeah. So that's it. yes. But that's great. I love that about it. So um, I think the next kind of question is, what was the what was the military like? I mean, for those that, you know, like, obviously, there's lots of appreciation out there. And we're going to do lots of things this this um, this month to help people um, to to appreciate those that are in the military. But tell us a little bit what that's like, you know, what I mean, kind of mm-hmm. kind of relay what that's like to be in the military, the Marines or something like that. So So I was 20, right? So I was coming from a very different place. I wasn't the girl at a high school. I had held a full-time job. I grew up in a very strict Hispanic home where you didn't sleep in until nine and 9.30, right? Like you were up at seven and you were figuring out what to do. So the first thing that I realized really quickly was that I was an older sort of girl in the Marines, right? So like the 17 and 18 year olds were having trouble waking up every day and they were taking boot camp really seriously. So the Marine boot camp is 13 weeks, which is a really long time. Um, I joined in 2006, which was before the world of social media, thank goodness. And I kind of went in and just put my head down and I'd gotten some really great advice that said, don't take it that seriously. Count meal to meal, Sunday to Sunday. And that's what I did. I put my head down. The first night was really hard. The first night was like, what have you done? Like you're 20, (laughs) you can, you, you have like 65 college credits. Like you have an associate degree, just get your behind back into college and take it seriously this time. But I, I think my personality didn't allow me to take that very seriously. So I cried it out the first night and then I literally put my head down 
they're never going to be able to stop time and they're not going to kill you. And I think those are the two things that people need to go in and know they were going to feed me. They were going to make sure that I was alive at the end of 13 weeks and they couldn't stop time. So eventually we were going to get to the end of it. So yeah, I think if you don't take boot camp too seriously and realize that it's just a blip in the screen, you're going to learn a tremendous amount of information, but seriously, you're going to have a life after these 13 weeks. This will end too. So I I think I lived through that model. This too shall pass. Yeah. Very cool. Now, were you deployed at all or did you have any assignments after boot camp? So I was an air wing Marine and we didn't deploy and I didn't know that I went in during operation Iraqi freedom and operation enduring freedom. I was one of 48 female in the shop. Well, one of 48 Marines, the only female. So they call the Marines, the few, the proud, and they call the women Marines. You can't say women Marines. You guys, they call the female Marines, uh, the fewer, the prouder. And that has never been more true. I was the only female in a all male shop. And I remember day three, they handed me a bunch of administrative paperwork and they were like, hey, you're in charge of training jackets. And I was like, you guys don't know me. That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. And I think that really started things for me. I was like, you know, you, you either are nasty in the Marines, you sleep around or, you know, you, you, you're one of those things. And I was not going to be the girl that slept around. I've met my husband very soon into my tour of being a Marine. And I was like, this, this is it. I'm marrying this guy. And we've been married 13 and a half years now. And this is what, this is it. Like, this is what you get, what you get, which I still say, by the way, all these years later, you kind of get what you get. (laughs) Darren knows that because I come in and complain every single morning. You get what you get. Uh, loudly, by the way, at an amplified voice. So I miss I, it. I'll be. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm dying, you guys. Brain. I'll take it to have you in. So. Oh, I would do it too. I so I, I mean, it was it was part of the. You have to set a precedent for yourself, and I've lived that for 13 and a half years. I have a daughter who's 10 years old, and I try to instill that upon her. You people are going to respect you if you demand that, and I I did for five years. I was in the Marines, and day three, they knew what they were working with, and they were like, "Well, somebody else better take these training jackets because." <laughs> Don't look like that girl's going to do it. And they were right. I was not going to be the admin because I was the only female. So it's a, I, I, awesome. I love everything about the Marines, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's a, the best way to put it. Joe, Very I cool. like when you ask the CrossFit questions. You yeah, really yeah. Asking the CrossFit <laughs> questions. So let's get into so the you, gym questions. I love it. So you, you talk about coming into CrossFit. What is your preferred favorite class time? Oh God, this is an easy question. So I get up like before the birds. So my first alarm goes off at 410. My second alarm goes off at 420. And I got to be out the door by 430 to make a 445 AM class. Now I've been an OG early person. I've been at the gym for almost October will be four years. And I was part of that five o'clock really, um, ridiculous class that wasn't a class that we used to do the wad before the, and then skill work with the five, what was then the five thirty class. Yep, yep, so yep. I've in my brain, the only way my brain works, cause what we do is hard crap, right? Like it, yeah. I mean, what y'all do is hard. What I do is modify the hard to whatever works for me, <laughs> but the real CrossFitters <laughs> don't modify. I'm with you. There you go. And I, what we do is really hard. So I have learned that I will make, if I try to do an evening class or an afternoon class, I make an excuse the entire day. I mean, literally I look at the clock and I'm like, Oh, in six hours, I'm supposed to be. And I'm, and I'm not taking myself. So I got to do it 
people think we're crazy for waking up at 410. I think the people that go to 630 p.m. are nuts. So it, it is what it is. You pick your poison. And yeah. I'm an avid 445. We call ourselves the stupids. I think I started that because I walked in I and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I walked yeah. in and I was like, hey, stupids. And I think it just stuck. And just stuck. that's what we are. Yeah. yeah, no, that's crazy. I remember coming in at the uh, the 5.30 class there and 5.45 or whatever it is and seeing you guys there and thinking, how do they do this? But Yeah, it's not easy. But it's now amazing. my alarm goes off at 5.30 because I'm trying to like allow myself the ability to sleep in a little bit more. And I am dragging you guys. By 2, I'm like, I got to get up it's at 4.10, but you get up at 4.10 to do nothing. So yeah. it's yeah. I'm ready for crazy. this to be over. Yes, All right, so right. tell me. Tell me your favorite movement. Like you, you, you love, you just feel like you, own oh my God, this CrossFit movement. What, what's the thing this, that you're like, I rock this out every time. So I really like deadlifts and Darren will, yes. will attest to this. It's, yeah. it's the only one where I feel like, oh my God, I can get up to 215, right? The girl who modifies everything can actually hang on a deadlift. Yeah. I, so I love deadlifts. The other thing I really love, and there's just something about it. I love putting a barbell over my head. And like slam yeah. it down there. If we ever have a rule that says we can't slam barbells down, I'm out, you guys, because there's something walk. about. I think a lot of there, people would walk. And I can't do it. In my, I tried to do it in my basement like a week and a half ago and about ruin the ceiling. It ain't tall enough. So that's your indication you need to get back to the gym where they have rubber floors and they're equipped. I don't throw very much overhead, but I love throwing an amount overhead and just throwing it on the floor. That's, That's my favorite. Awesome. Except in a snatch. And I absolutely hate snatches. Anyone that knows me knows I cherry pick snatches. Yeah, so there's, her, there's what she doesn't like. There it I'm is. Enough, <laughs> she doesn't well, like and it. then the other thing that I hear often, I think, from you is that your other like most favorite movement is running. Just any kind of running. You're just going to want to just run, 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 right? <laughs> Yeah, away from the gym. That's exactly right. I'm a recovering marathon runner. Um, I didn't suffer any injuries, but there was something about being able to say on your bucket list. I ran the New York City Marathon twice and the Marine Corps Marathon. And after the Marine Corps Marathon, I was like, this is it, y'all. And it wasn't the marathon. It's the training that you, you know, my kids would wake up and be like, we're having pancakes. And I'm like, great, I'm going for a 14 mile run. I'll see you in a couple hours. And it just, it just wasn't conducive to my lifestyle. So I quit marathon running and found Thrive and have never turned back. I'm actually you have to at least briefly share, briefly share how you found Thrive because it's really <laughs> worth is embarrassing. Yes, this is it. the best CrossFit story ever, yes. and send it to like a CrossFit magazine. I finished my doctorate, and I was an avid runner, as I said, and I was into really hot yoga. So I, I, we left South Carolina in the middle of my doctorate, and. It, You spend four hours a day reading and writing and you just have to make sacrifices. And my sacrifice was frankly, my well-being, right? So I, I would walk if I could, but I was listening to like academic podcasts or academic articles. It was a really boring life to lead you guys, but completely worth it. So I went to, I wanted to make sure that I finished my doctorate when my kids were still little and hopefully forgot the trauma of a mom who was sitting with a laptop all of the time. So I set a goal three years. This is what you get. And I, I honestly did not work out for three years. I didn't run. I didn't even walk fast. I, I, I mean, I ate all of the things to sustain your body for three years and never worked out. So the day that I hit submit on the dissertation and the day they called me Dr. Atkinson the first day, I was like, that's it. I got to go back. Now we were new. We had been here two years, but still new to anything fitness around here. 
So I had made a commitment. This is where the story gets good. I'd made a commitment that I was going back to hot yoga. Like that was, I was going to go back to hot yoga. I was going to practice for a year and then I was going to become a coach. I was going to become a teacher. I was going to get my thousand hours and I was going to teach. So I Googled a little something called yoga in Westfield. And if you do that four years ago, something called Thrive Yoga comes up. If you remember the old gym, the the one on Tiller, it had a big sign that said Thrive Yoga. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm in the right place. And I'll never forget it. I think they were doing something overhead. Mark, I I walk in. I'm like, I'm here for foundations. Marcus Hatcher is standing in front of me and he throws it down. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, this is why they talk about them CrossFit people. They're all hurt. (laughs) Right there. That's it. I sit on the couches, wait for uh, the foundations coach to come over and get me. And it was me and this other guy who's now relocated out of uh, Indiana. And the first thing that the foundations coach says to me is, is warm up with the group. And I was like, oh, fine. You know, she doesn't want to run a different warm up for two people. We warm up with these crazy CrossFit people who get hurt all of the time. Who cares? Uh Literally, this is what's going through my head. And then she's going to take me to the small room where it says Thrive Yoga. So she does. And I was like, perfect. This is great. I can't wait, you guys. I'm so excited to get into yoga. And I walk in. I'm like, I wonder how they get this room hot. Like, there's no heater. But anyway, roll with it. Maybe there's some other. It gets hot in the summertime. <laughs> oh, no. The foundations coach says to me, okay, so now we're going to do pull-up progressions. And I was like, now why the heck would you need pull-up progressions? <laughs> must have changed in the three years I was living under a cave writing my dissertation. So we do it. So at some point I realized this, this ain't it. So I say to the coach, Hey, so I'm here for yoga. And she looks at me and goes, Oh yeah, we don't do that anymore. And I'm like, but, but there's a big sign. Says yoga. We had canceled so, probably a I mean, months earlier. I literally was like, I'm never going back. And I was hooked. At the end, we did this modified Fran as part of Foundations. And I was like, I'll see you again on Wednesday. So yeah. Foundations at the time was Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. I left Monday and I was like, Keith, I think I'm a crossfitter. And he's like, oh, dear Lord, what am I doing with you? <laughs> You're going to get hurt. Because I had hit it from, so I have a best friend in South Carolina that does CrossFit. And she has tried so hard to get me to do it. And I was like, no, you people are crazy. I'm those people, y'all. You're so you're those that's my it. story. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's, I just had to share, have you share that story. So <laughs> let's get into those meat and potatoes of, of the being a hero, yeah. of courage, mm-hmm. of things like that. And so what is that? You know, the big question is, what does that, you know, what does that mean to you? What does courage look like? You know, from somebody that's done a lot of things that I think that anybody would say that, I mean, you're, the, the things you've done are heroic and it took, definitely took courage. So you know, what is, you know, what does being a hero mean to you? I think right now more than ever, right? We're in the midst of this COVID-19 thing where we're seeing heroes come out of everywhere. It's mm-hmm. easy to say police, EMT, fire department, military, those people are heroes. And I believe that with every fiber of my being, you know, you take that military oath. I remember raising my right hand and it's like, I mean, you're willing to die for your flag. And I enlisted yeah. during Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. And I didn't deploy. I was an air wing Marine, but I didn't go in knowing that I wouldn't deploy. I just happened to right. have a job that didn't deploy to places. But people do. People you yeah. go to boot camp with do. People you go to boot camp with die for their country. 
So I think anybody who does anything selfless, anybody who's brave, anybody who's courageous, you know, my mom is my biggest hero and my mom is retired to Puerto Rico right now, but we didn't speak English at home. And in, at the end of second grade, my mother realized, Hey, something's wrong with this one in the middle, by the way, that was me. And she was like, she still doesn't know English. And my mom went into an elementary school in Brooklyn, New York and told really scary people, a principal, a guidance counselor, like there is something wrong with her. You have got to get her out of these ESOL classes. And she was right. It changed my life in third grade and it changed the entire trajectory of my life. That's heroic. You know, she didn't wear a uniform. She didn't go to boot camp. She didn't go to firefighter school. She didn't go to combat training. But that was heroic. My 10 year old daughter is a competitive gymnast. And when I see her go out, I cry every single time. You guys, it's Mm. quite embarrassing. But she's so brave. Like she puffs Mm. up her chest and I say, Kelsey, you nervous? And she's like, I ain't nervous. Really? Because your mother's dying in the stand watching you. Just, just so we're clear. I have a blow pop in my mouth so I don't squeal when she gets on the beam. That's the strategy I've learned all these That's awesome. three years in competitive gymnast. You get a bag of blow pops and you sit on the stands with blow pops so you don't go <laughs> every time she jumps on a beam. But that's heroic, right? She's 10. She doesn't even know that she's my hero. But she, my kid is my hero because she puffs up her chest. She does something brave. That's not stuff you can train people to do. I think heroes are born. I think heroes are born out of circumstances. You know, these nurses right now, they never thought they'd be doing what they're doing right now. Yeah. But they are, and they're selfless, they're and they're up. putting themselves in danger and stepping up for it. So I I think a hero comes out of situations. A hero comes out of times. And I think now more than ever, we're seeing that. And I, I'm thankful for a country that sees that right now. Yeah. You know, you said that your your daughter is, is one of your heroes. Like, who are some of the other people in your life that you think, um, these are people that I would describe as my heroes, either now or throughout your life? Who are the people that really stepped up and you said, that's what I want my life to look like, and that's who inspires me to, to live like uh, a brave, courageous person? So I went to boot camp, and I served in the Marines with some really courageous people, some people who mm. are still out there sort of doing it, and they deploy yeah. time after time after time. I would I say that I have a series of heroes. I say that in higher education, I have heroes I read about. I have heroes that I work alongside. You know, right now in the world where we had to adapt so quickly, the heroes are the 135 people on my campus. They adapted mm. very quickly. I mean, I'm talking 24 hours, like, hey, guys, take your laptops. I'm shutting the doors and changing the locks. By the way, we still have to service students. We have 1,500 students and you still have to service them. And they adapted very quickly. Mm. I would, I, I have awesome. so many, I, you know, if, if I had to pick one, it would be my mom because of that, mm. because she changed the entire trajectory of my life. And I couldn't imagine how scared she was and how difficult that was for her. And she did it and she didn't do it for herself. She did it for me. She did it because she knew mm. for the rest of her life, if this girl does not learn how to speak English, the doors are already going to close on her as a Hispanic mm. female whose English is a second language for her, I, I know that she's going to face a lot of battles. I need to make sure that I take this down for her. I think heroes come out of a lot of different places and a lot of different scenarios. And I have so many right now. I would say, I think every CrossFitter who lifts a barbell these days is a hero. I think everybody who's doing the wads in their basements, in their driveways, in their garages, in their living rooms, in their office, I think every single one of them is a hero. I think every single one of the coaches that are out there modifying stuff so that we all feel connected and we all make it happen somehow. I think every single person in the face of adversity puts themselves second and tries to be a hero. 
So I love that. Let me ask you this question then. So I feel like I'm in a test. Am I supposed to feel like I'm in a test? <laughs> no, you're doing awesome. This is like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I sit in these things and I just like soak up and like, <laughs> I'm just fascinated by what people are saying. And like, I'm so encouraged to get different perspectives on things. And so I have these questions because not because I want to like trip people up or stump them, but because I'm genuinely interested in your response awesome. and, yeah. um, and, and what, what you're going to bring to the table. And that's why you're here because what you're bringing to the table is actually serving me and serving that's the great. other people who are listening well, here. So I certainly appreciate yeah, it. Great. So uh, here's my question. You ready? <laughs> what, what is that switch that flips that takes somebody from uh, solitude or even cowardice might be too strong a word mm -hmm. or isolation uh, and, and switches to go into um, heroism, to bravery, to courage, to all of those things. I think you don't realize how strong you are until you have to be strong. And I think that's what we're all faced with right now. I think the nurses didn't know that they were going to have to deal with what they had to deal with until it was lives. And they took an oath to save lives and to help save mm -hmm. lives. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know that there's a switch. I don't know that one day you wake up and you're like, today I'm going to be brave. I hope so. But I don't know that happens. I think you're faced with something. I think my kid doesn't wake up and say, today is a state gymnastics meet. I think today I'm going to be real brave. Yeah, I just yeah. think it flips for her when she gets on yeah. that that floor. And she's like, I don't have a choice, but to be brave right now. I don't have a choice, but to puff up my chest and make sure I hit that back handspring. You know, I, 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 I think it just happens for people and because it has to No, but I don't know. I think people wake up and they think I want to be in the Marines, right? Like mm. people say mm. my kids have no chance, right? Being raised by two parents who are Marines, yeah. both of them are going to go to the Marines. There ain't one of them that's ever talked about it. So, <laughs> but yeah. there are kids who grow up and that's all they see. And yeah. they're like, I want to do that. I want to be patriotic and I want to be in the military. My mom was a nurse. I want to be a nurse. My mom was a teacher. I want to be a teacher. I think there's that set of people. And then I think the real brave people, in my opinion, are those who adapt to the situation and make it happen. Yeah, I think there's a part of this, like, you know, whether it's thought out or not, where it's like they're choosing to, you know, to not choose themselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To put their self, you know, lower than whatever the task or whatever the thing, you know what I mean? To that stepping up and saying, I'm going to be a little bit selfless here. You know That's what right. I mean? Because it, in a world, honestly, when right now our culture is very like, choose you, do what feels good for you, do what's right mm -hmm. for you. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm going to like, no, I'm going to do this because others need me or, you know what I mean? I'm going to be brave. And I don't think it's always thought out, but I think that does take that willingness to take and say, I'm not going to choose me. I'm going to choose others here yeah. in, in that. So I think that's a big part of it. So, so the qu next question is, um, how can people aspire to be heroes? You know what I mean? Whether they think that they're a hero or not, what are some steps or some things you think people could do? Oh, I think in the face of adversity, be honest with yourself and just be brave. Like just have the courage in the spirit of courage and the theme for the month, just have the courage to go out and do something and put yourself behind everyone else. And I, Grocery workers are doing it now. I yeah. guarantee you those people didn't apply to work at Kroger or work at Walmart and think one day this is going to matter more than getting me through college or whatever the case is in these Kroger's and these Walmarts. But they've decided 
to be heroes, to step up and be heroes. They, in the face of adversity and in the face of difficult situations, yep. it's never about you. That's what makes a hero. So that's our yes. soundbite right there. Like, so whoever's editing this, that that's that's it right there. In the yep. face of adversity, you stepped up and you had the courage to be a mm -hmm. hero. And, and that's I a think hero. That's, yeah, that's a hero. That's that's. That's that's your that's your uh, that's your tweet right there. That's tweetable. Yeah, That'll that's do. that's the line. That's the line that we're putting in the in the in the in the graphic. I love that. Okay, so on the other end, we want to make sure that we. I think it's important to think and to kind of discuss how do you pay homage to heroes. You know, I mean, what are what are some like, you know, especially for those in the military and things like that. What are some things or some steps that would be like? Maybe some people aren't considering. Maybe I should do something to, you know, to love on these people that are being heroic? What are some, you know, what are some things or how can I show, you know, something to these military to kind of show that I, you know, I respect and I appreciate kind of thing? So I spent five years in the air wing and never deployed. And I have a very difficult time with things like Memorial Day and things like Veterans Day and things like thank you for your service, right? It, it kind of, it makes you a little bit uncomfortable, right? Because as easy as it is for me to be selfless and to put people ahead of myself, it's really hard to get that recognition. And, and that's self-reflection and that's just who I am. But I still really appreciate it if that makes yeah, sense, yeah. right? Like I, yeah. I, I think that we can't thank people enough. Like we, yeah. right now we're, we see the nurses. My kids know, um, this is something they've learned from two Marine parents, not join the Marines, but they've learned that if you see somebody in uniform, you say, thank you. Right. And that, that's, right. that's a cop. That's, that's our cops. That's our fire department. Those are the people that tomorrow we're doing a hero wad with two firemen. I mean, yeah. thank you. Right. Like thank yeah. you for being selfless and doing that every single day. I think that all these years removed, I've been out something like nine or 10 years now. I, I would say that it's hard to, and I don't live in a military town, right? I came from somewhere where Marine stickers and Marine uniform and Marine families was a common thing. All If I had five neighbors, five of them were likely in the Marine Corps somehow connected. Mm -hmm. That's not what happens here, right? You yeah. say, oh, I was in the Marines and people like raise... I, I would say I know almost everybody at Thrive, but I don't know that they all know that I was in the Marines. I don't walk around and yeah. that's not a badge of honor for me. But I do think that we have to say thank you. I think one mm -hmm. of the things I love most about CrossFit, here's a plug for CrossFit. Yeah. I think one of the things I love most about CrossFit, my favorite day, my favorite day at my job is commencement. Higher education, my favorite day is to put that heavy, hideous robe on because those I know the adversity that those students have been through to get to that moment. My favorite day in CrossFit is Murph. My favorite day is that we yeah. take the time out and we do something for Memorial Day. When I look at eight o'clock, because I do look every single day at eight o'clock, I have a, an issue with that. Yeah. And I see a hero wad program for the next day. It, you might, you might've slacked this morning. You might've slacked the last 25 days, but Jane's slacking tomorrow because tomorrow's a hero wad. And it's about something bigger than you. And it's one of the greatest pieces of not being a so-called thrive yoga, but being part of CrossFit is yeah. that they take the time and they do it. And I'll, I've never been around a community that does it so seriously and that takes it so seriously. Like we take Murph pretty seriously. You know, we might've not ran since the last Murph, but we're going to run. We're going to run that yeah. mile. You know, it's yeah. the one day that you probably don't hear me complaining because there's yeah. no 
but I complain yeah, enough yeah. the other 364 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just a platform. I think whatever platform you have, use your platform to thank mm-hmm. those and do what you can. I think every different type of hero requires something different, but do what you can to recognize them as much as possible and make sure that you're saying, thank you, hero. Because I, yeah, in yeah. my opinion, I think that's the most important thing. I think sometimes taking that second to realize, you know, I don't, I don't know, people get busy or whatever, but these people actually are putting their lives on the line. They, they chose yeah. to make, a, you know, you made a choice, like you said, to put your life on the line for that flag and you were willing to make that sacrifice. And that, that is, you know, that deserves respect. You know what I mean? That you're yeah. going to do that. And I don't think people think about how selfless that is that people take that, mm-hmm. that oath, you know? And so, um, I do agree. So also I know now that we're going to program the first month back will be every day will be a hero oh, log to make sure that Stacy comes back. Hey, that's hey, the, that's I'm going to text no you and skipping. complain <laughs> and modify. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. So is there anything oh, that we didn't ask you that, that you want to, you want to hit on Are there any things that we missed and there may not be, but uh, the only thing I would say is that this, this podcast, this time is really interesting for us, you know, right? Today is May the 8th and we're all sort of hunkering down and we're doing this virtually because we have to, right? Because the governor says we can't get together. I think now more than ever, we have seen heroes come out of things that we didn't expect. Nobody expected that this would happen. I mean, I I never thought that we would be hunkered down. I never thought I'd have to close my campus door and put new locks on and allow five people to go in. I never thought. I wish I would have known then what I know now. I never thought I could, yeah. couldn't come to a 445 and hang out yeah. with you people. Like I never thought that I couldn't hug people. I think the heroes are coming out right now and they're unsung and they're coming from places we don't know. I'm the mom of a fourth grader and a kindergartner, right? Who were ripped. I mean, they were literally ripped. On Wednesday, we found out Friday was the last day of school and we may or may not come back. Then we heard a press conference that we're not coming back. Those are the heroes. Those kids who one day are going to be the presidents and be the governor and be the small business owner and be in charge of all of the things. They will have went through this adversity and they mm. would have been the heroes of this all right now. And I, Kroger workers, we never in a million years thought that they would be heroes. We actually yeah. thought on a Sunday, can you just hurry up and make it noon so that I can buy my vodka, my Tito's vodka? You know, we, we <laughs> never thought they would be doing what they're doing right now. And yeah. I think now more than ever, it's not just the people in uniform, but it's it's everyday heroes right now. I think everybody staying home is a hero. This stinks, you guys. Like, this sucks. I'm tired of seeing this house. Love my house, but I'm really sick and tired of it. Yeah. But I think that's heroic. Well, yeah, I appreciate I just your insight and your 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 <laughs> coming on and, and just sharing some of your own personal stories just so we can get to know you better. And then just an inspiring way to look at heroism, bravery, and courage and allowing everybody to kind of find their category in, in that way. So mm-hmm. uh, thanks for inspiring me. And thanks for uh, chatting with us today. Mm-hmm. Darren, anything else to, to add in? No, I think that's it. I just really appreciate you doing this. And um, yeah, I think this is going to be a unique and awesome episode, just the fact that it's done this way. And so I think it's going to be one to remember for sure. So I'm in. Okay. So Thrivers, uh, like this, subscribe, yeah. uh, share this, help us out a little bit and uh, spread the word about what's going on with the Thrive Podcast. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And we will catch you next month with another one. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Thriver Podcast. Make sure that you like 
follow and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can leave us a comment, we'd love to hear from you.